Blue Wire. Kawhi Leonard is going to join the Clippers. Kawhi turns the corner for the win. Three on the way. Yes. Paul George nails it. Lou Williams for the win. Bingo. What the hell is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Clip and Roll. I'm your host, Justin Russo, and joining me today, this afternoon, it is a Monday afternoon. Tomer Azarli from Clutch Points. Tomer, why didn't you go to Ontario last Monday, and why were you there not at the open scrimmage yesterday? I was busy being Batman. Gotham needed saving. Okay, I'm editing that out. What? I'm kidding. I'm not editing that. That was fantastic. That <sighs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I was just, I don't know. Just I had, I had some other things to deal with. I figured the crew had a lock on the open practice. So I'm like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just take this one. Just take this one off. I think Ome wasn't there either, though, right? No, he was not. No, there you go. So give him grief, too. I can't. Ome went to go cover the Nets. Then I went to watch Lamar Jackson beat up the Chargers. And then watch the Dodgers blow game one. Or two. Excuse me. See, you didn't need that. You didn't, yeah, I really didn't. <laughs> you could have saved, just, saved some time. Absolutely. It was just a waste. Just heartbreak. I mean, not for me, but, you know, I'm a hater. <laughs> I, I, uh, look, if you're listening to this for Dodger talk, I'm not your guy. I, I don't really give a crap about the Dodgers. I'm sorry. I mean, I you're Shuhei Otani and uh, Mike Trout and Andrews. I mean, yeah, but you know, you know what? You want to know how big of a heel I am? I'm kind of rooting for the Astros to win the World Series. Get the, I'm not doing this part anymore. Dude, end this, end this. No, I, no, I'm going to tell no. you why though. I'm going to tell you why. Care why. I don't care why. I, I don't even need to hear your reason. I don't <laughs> care. No, go ahead. Dusty Baker is like a good dude. And I, and I've ridden, I've been really negative on Dusty over the years, but I, I've just, I think he deserves a title for like, I've grown to appreciate his managerial style, even though I used to like get on him about his in-game adjustments and stuff like that. Like, it would be really cool to see Dusty win a title finally. Like was, that he would not, be... was he not part of the, the, the cheating team for a couple of years ago? No, that was uh, AJ Hinch. Ah, uh, okay. Well, and Dusty took over last year. I might be able to get behind that. I might, might. The other reason is I want to see everyone collectively lose their minds as the Astros won a title. Like, like seriously, come like from an actual storytelling standpoint, that'd be so good. I mean, it would be. Uh, it just, uh, I don't know. I, I just need, I just need Dodgers to make it. So there's actual, um, you know, I think didn't the Dodgers lose to the Red Sox and the Astros? Yes, and then both of those teams basically, quote unquote, cheated. Um, so you can take the quotes out of there, sir. No, I mean, look, I don't care. Like it, it didn't matter. That's gamesmanship. That's gamesmanship. All right, let's talk Clippers, man. You, you wilding this morning, bro. I'm sorry. You're, you're I, I just right okay. You're right. We need to start talking Clippers. I'm you're sorry just, if I offended Dodger fans. I don't apologize, but you know we'll move on. Well, if you offended Dodger fans, they left five minutes ago. That's <laughs> before we even started. <laughs> so, so you know, uh... this has been a pretty busy last two weeks or so. Preseason came, preseason went. The Clippers have had a lot of practice days ever since preseason ended last Monday. And a lot of news has kind of trickled in. We're going to start off with some fun news first. Luke Kennard got engaged over the last couple of days. So uh, first off, congratulations to Luke. That's pretty awesome. Uh, his his fiance gets a ring, you know, so I think Luke is just preparing his life for more rings with the Clippers, right? <laughs> I mean, 
Uh, Luke's got a bright future. If this team can get healthy, uh, you know, this team has a very bright future. So does Luke. Um, I, I thought it was, uh, it was, it was interesting because I did, I did a pod with, with, with Lucas the other day and he was talking about how, uh, he, well, I, actually after he told me that he was, he wasn't sure if, if Luke was engaged or not, he wanted to mention it, but he wasn't sure. So he didn't mention it. And then that night the photos come out and he was like, wow, I just, it's like, I spoke it into existence. I will say that since his extension has kicked in for this year, he could afford a very nice ring. I mean, he's got the house in Tarzana, reportedly, right? So that's uh, just another step. He's rolling in it, man. This is the great Luke, Luke Kennard had one of the best NBA off seasons, so we'll we'll just go with that. Uh, the other little bit of fun news, um, as far as the Clippers and their young guys goes, uh, Terrence Mann's birthday's today, and on that note, he also got a contract extension, Tomer. Two years, $22 million. It will kick in after next season. So not at, not this upcoming season, not the one after, but two years down the line, that's when his extension will kick in. So the Clippers have him for, for the next four seasons. So if you're starting on this season, that starts on Tuesday, the day that you're listening to this, then it's going to be that season, the next one, the next one, and the one after that. Four seasons they have him. So look, he's going to be a Clipper until he's basically 29 years old, essentially. Uh, it's, it's a good piece of business to lock up a young, um, I don't want to call him an asset. He's not an asset, a young player for that long. Basically you're getting his prime years and you know, $11 million in salary cap terms is like 9% of the salary cap by the time those, those years come along. So if you're paying 9% of the salary cap to a guy who's constantly improving, you'll take it. And he's in his prime years. You'll definitely take it. I mean, if this, if. If Terrence Mann continues to improve and get better based off the current trajectory he's on, like $11 million is going to seem like a steal. I mean, it almost kind of feels like a steal now considering, um, what do we see, Landry Shamby just get under under $11 million a year? Yeah, um, Landry got under $11 million a year. Yeah, so like, I mean, that, that, that that's going to be that's going to be a steal. I, I think uh, Terrence Mann is working himself into uh, a bigger contract when he turns, I believe it's 28, you said, or 29. Uh, and that's like peak... Um, Peak prime yard there. There's a pre peak prime years for an NBA player. So, um, you know, if, if he's like I said, if, if he's if he continues on the trajectory that he's he's been on, um, I, I I see no reason why he wouldn't um, continue to be a great player and, and and get paid down the line. Now, I will say, I think when some players have these kind of breakout seasons, it's sometimes hard to to, to bounce off that and get even better. I think I don't want to say there's like a wall, but it, it it's I think sometimes players some struggle to find their way to improve on that past season. Um, I don't know if that'll happen with men because the opening and the opportunities are there, especially with Kawhi out. Um, but he's just, he's one of the, he's one of the biggest bright spot in the Clippers. And I think everyone is just excited to have him um, late. What is he? 48th draft pick. Um, wasn't even the first player they selected in that draft. And wasn't even the, the first one... player they selected from that school in that draft. That's yeah, and 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 he ends up, um, you know, being a key rotation player. Um, I, good for him, honestly. Good for him. Good for his family. I just hope it continues to pan out for him and 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 the team, and uh, you know, continue to build from here. It doesn't stop here. A hundred percent. So his extension starts. The two year extension starts uh, during the twenty twenty three twenty four season. And if you go off of just what his salary is going to be that year and what the salary cap is projected to be. 
that first year is 8.6% of the salary cap. The next year is 8.9%. So seriously, you're getting 9% of the salary cap taken up by a guy in his prime who's consistently getting better. You're 100% going to take that every time. So that, that's a great that's a great piece of business by the Clippers. And you know what? Credit to the Clippers player development staff. Kenny Atkinson with him last year. Sean Fine was there last year. Sean Fine's back this year. The leap that we saw Terrence take even during the regular season last year and including in the postseason was a very real tangible thing. He's going to have a bigger uh, role on the team this year. So I, personally, and I might be overstating it on my end, he's going to be one of the 10 most interesting players to watch in the league because – how he plays is going to determine a lot of how the Clippers perform overall as a team. Uh, Terrence, we're talking about Terrence here. Yes. Yeah, I think I think. Yeah, I just think given the opportunity that he has, and, and I guess I don't want to say that there's there's holes in the Clippers roster, but I think where they need him the most, where they need help the most, is is where Terrence really just is plugged in. I, I would say like they they need that that rim pressure. They need. The, the versatility on defense, they, they, they need a corner shooter at times. Like, I just think he does everything they need him to do. Um, I think in the playoffs you saw, like, game six was just, like, the most evident that where they just lacked energy. They lacked a, a burst. And he just decided to, I'm going to grab this rebound. I'm going to go coast to coast by one, two, three Jazz defenders, and I'm going to score. I think he had, like, ten points in a row in the third quarter at one point um, just, just to energize the rest of the team. That's kind of what he does. It's kind of what the Clippers will need. I think every team kind of needs that guy, and he's that guy for them. So I see no reason why, um, you know, he, he doesn't have a big year just because the opportunities are all there. They're all there for him, especially with, with veterans who might not be able to play as much uh, on a night-to-night basis. You're talking about Batum, Marcus Morris, uh, even PG at times. So the opportunities for, for Terrence will definitely be there. So as far as preseason goes, I mean, they played four preseason games. They went one and three. Champs. Uh, they won the opener. Champs. Ch- yeah, champs. Uh, they went uh, into the opener against Denver. They won that in thrilling fashion, actually. They then lost the next game against the Kings. They go on the road to Dallas. They lose that game. They come to Ontario. They play Minnesota. They lose that game, too. So one and three. No one really cares about preseason results. What you care about is the things that you see in preseason that might relate and translate to the regular season and even beyond in some cases. So what, if anything, was your biggest preseason takeaway with the team? Well, I mean, we've talked to Ty enough to, 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 I mean, to know that their transition defense was just absolutely porous. It was just, it was horrible. Um, And, and a bit of it's an effort thing. A bit of it is just, uh, might just be early in the season. And guys just aren't 100% locked in. And I think that happens. Um, I think another thing is, is definitely, I think you've, you've touched on this quite a few times, uh, but Eric Bledsoe's downhill downhill ability, downhill driving ability, uh, creating opportunities for guys, you know, shooters, or whether it's Zoo or, or Serge or Hartenstein. Um, I think Reggie has also looked really, really good, um, you know, taking – Taking good shots out, which I think I think I think decision making and shot making shot decisions on shots is, is what has been Reggie's issue at least in Detroit. And I think since he's come here, I would say since last year, uh, he's really been good about picking his spots. I think he does have one or two moments where you're like, oh, that's not great, but I think he's significantly like decreased the amount of bad shots that he's taken uh, over the over the year. So. I think that's something we've noticed. I think we saw in, in, in the first game, I think it was, that Reggie came in, started, uh, hit three of three, shot three of three from three, 
and then Ty just yanked him out of the game. Was like, all right, you're done here. We're not gonna let this keep going. So, um, did you want to? Yeah, Reggie. Reggie's still on a heater. Yeah, if he can be, if he can be Mister October and Mister November all the way through. um, Again, that that contract might look like a steal too. So, uh, I think another thing is is uh, the the Clippers is really handing the second unit to uh, Terrence Mann and Luke Kennard. I know that Ty has said that uh, he'll he'll be staggering Eric. Uh, and Reggie throughout the season. So there's always a point guard on the floor. Um, I, I know he said that about PG as well to try and get him some second unit minutes. But I think when you talk about, you know, Ty implementing this Hunt Luke offense where they really have Luke move around a lot and, and you know, his movement alone creates uh, shifting on defense. You know, they have to sometimes overreact to him. If they don't react enough, he might get an open three. He might be able to catch, drive, hit someone else for a shot or a dunk. So uh, I think – the the using him more using him more as, as like the central of the the center of the offense for that second unit I think is going to be interesting to see how it plays out I would say my biggest preseason takeaway I have two of them I'm sorry did you go, did go you ahead. ask me for one because I gave you like five yeah you gave me you gave me I asked you what your biggest was and you went on like a oh, novel, my biggest so. okay my biggest takeaway You're good. is is You're good. all of those <laughs> okay that's what I thought. <laughs> My biggest takeaway, and there are two of them, and I think they're, they kind of are interesting for their own reasons. Number one, you kind of touched on this. Their transition defense was absolutely horrendous. Like, guys would just not go back, or they would recognize that they needed to go back a little bit too late, which maybe that's a little bit of an effort thing. Maybe it's a little bit of, like, it's preseason, and why am I going to try to go balls to the wall and potentially hurt myself, you know? So I get it. I get it, but it's still something you need to clean up. You can't just be giving up 25 transition points a game, which is what they gave up in preseason. You can't be giving teams 25 points a game every night. Yeah. Yeah. Like they let it happen. And part of that was due to turnovers. So you get live ball turnovers and you get leak out. Like it happens. It's natural. I mean, we've heard Ty talk about it. You know, nine to 10 turnovers a game are just naturally going to happen because the other team's trying to stop you. But you have to limit how many of the bad passes, bad passing decisions you make. But that's also my other thing that I've, like my other big takeaway. There's a lot more ball movement now than last year, right? Well, I mean, I would say, of course there is because you don't have Kawhi. I think you have to have more ball movement. I think you have to get more guys involved and be less predictable in a way. Because, like, obviously Kawhi is going to get you a bucket and PG is going to get you a bucket. But you can't ask PG to do it all the time now. Uh, so I just think they have to be less predictable. And, and, and that results in more ball movement, more, more creativity, uh, more man movement, more screening, more off-ball screening, all that stuff. Uh, just to get everyone else involved and be less predictable, I would say. So, yeah. I, I agree with that. But I've also noticed, that, like, there's more of a conscientious effort to, like, we don't have the ball, we're cutting. We don't have the ball. We're, we're just moving in general directions. We're, we're lifting up the wing to create a passing angle. Like little things. Like there's more subtle movement and actions this year than even, you know, six months ago during the playoffs. And a lot of that is because Kawhi isn't playing. So when Kawhi, because like, like you said, when Kawhi is there, guess what? Kawhi has the ball. Kawhi's going to do Kawhi things. And we're all going to sit there and be like, this is amazing. But when Kawhi's not there, you need to move. You need to move without the ball. And, you know, you could tell the guys are trying to get used to each other and they're, they're making mistakes with passing reads, passing angles, passing decisions. And it's leading to these turnovers and these breaks and it's causing people to slam their fists 
onto the desk, which I will not mention who that was. Um, <laughs> but but uh, you know who that is. We've talked about this. Um, but yeah, like, so it's bound to happen. But I've been very encouraged by the off-ball movement, you know, because the ball the ball moves quicker than the, than the defender a lot of the time. So you need to take advantage of that. And I, it kind of reminds me like they're trying to build somewhat of like a Spurs style system mm-hmm. from like from like many years ago where it's like, OK, we have like one really good player, which Paul George is a superstar. But you understand what my point and we're going to just move the ball and that's how we're going to get open shots for literally everybody else. And it, it, it can work. Everybody has to buy in. It seems like they're buying in. But we're going to, you know, it remains to be seen how much it actually works. There's going to be some rough nights where you're going to get, you know, 20 turnovers and the other team's going to run out and get transition baskets. And you're going to be like, oh, my God, what are they doing? But that's the nature of the game. It's going to be like a Tuesday night in Memphis. And we're just going to be people are just going to be pulling their hairs out or or something like that. So, you know, just be patient. It's going to be a long process with this offense. The other thing, and this is the third thing, and I want to segue into this because it is important. The Clippers made a roster decision earlier last week Isaiah Hartenstein won the third center job the one thing that you and I've been talking about you know obviously off the air uh you know at practices you know on the phone through text whatever when we're at games is boy Hartenstein looks like the guy like that's like it it was never really in doubt even from that first preseason game and now it's official Isaiah Hartenstein third center and he earned it because you and I talked about this about this before we started recording today. Every time he stepped on the floor, it felt like there was an impact that he made. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I I was trying to recall some some minutes where, uh, not ineffective minutes, but minutes where he didn't really make his impact felt, and I just I couldn't recall any because he was either you know as much as Ty said he wasn't really communicating defensively i remember a couple moments where he was communicating telling, telling you and about, i talked about that too like well i remember him yelling on the floor yeah he would he would tell Terrence about a backdoor cutter he would call out screens and all that so i think he did a decent job and maybe not to the level that Ty wanted um but i think he did a decent job and i think that um you, you know whether it was i think his his passing is honestly what most impressed me because it's the vision on some of those, the the the, the lead passes between in traffic to cutters, uh, I, I think it's it's it's, I think it's underrated a bit with 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 some of the passing and and, and speed that the game is played with today. I think that people may maybe have, have have you know forgotten a bit about it. I don't know how to word exactly what I'm thinking here, but I think um, Ty also. I mean Isaiah talked about how Ty makes him feel comfortable. And not having to look over his shoulder the entire time. And no, I think he, that's, he, that's the, the biggest... way that he said it was like, he gives me the freedom to make mistakes. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I asked I after, like, you know, obviously stars have the freedom to make mistakes, but a lot of times young players don't. And he said, you know, well, I was that, I was that player once as well. The role player who um, had to look over his shoulder, had to kind of walk on eggshells and, and play carefully. And he said, you know, if, if I take a player out because he, made a mistake or made a bad pass, he's not going to, he's going to think twice about making that pass to the cutter next time uh, for fear of making a, uh, you know, creating a turnover. And I think that, I think that that's a really, that's a fascinating way of coaching really just to, just to give guys the utmost confidence to, to play, to make mistakes and play through mistakes and not have to worry about being yanked out or pulled out for making a, a, a bad pass. That as long as you're playing hard, as long as you're trying to do the right thing to get your teammates involved, I'm not going to pull you out. And I just think, even though it sounds like like a, like a very obvious kind of gimme, 
Like that just that goes a long way towards building trust with your players and towards uh, just just getting a, a more cohesive right. unit, a more uh, just just it builds chemistry. It, it makes everyone comfortable. It doesn't make everyone it doesn't make the nine or tenth guy have to worry uh, about being on the floor. And I think that when you have one through fifteen playing like that. Um, I think it just it just does so much for you. It does so much for you. Yeah, because like everyone, like no one's on pins and needles. Mm-hmm. Like from the first guy to the fifteen, like you said, like everyone's like, if we make the right decision and it just doesn't go correctly or how we want it to go, like we're okay. We're not going to get like ripped into for a decision that didn't go correctly, even though we thought it was the right. Like, you give guys freedom to make mistakes, and you watch their confidence grow. Like mm-hmm. that's that's the bare the bare nature of it. Um, do you want to tell the Isaiah Hartenstein passing story that he told us? Oh yeah. He said that there was, uh, <laughs> there was, uh, his dad, when he was younger, we asked him about, about passing and how he developed into such a good passer. And he said that, uh, when he was younger, his dad, uh, the shout out to Miriam, by the way, she asked this question. Yeah. Uh, Miriam, you're awesome. Thank you for doing this. Uh, she, she, he said that when he was younger, his dad would make deals with him where there were certain quarters where he was only allowed to score, certain quarters where he was only allowed to pass and get his teammates involved uh, to the extent where, and I followed up because I was like, wait, what if you have a wide open basket under the layup? Like, do you not shoot a layup? Um, and he's like, no, you have to pass it out. I had to pass it out. That was a deal we had. I was not allowed to shoot it. And I was just like, that's, that's kind of, that's wild to think that you have to pass up a wide open layup. And he even mentioned that his teammates eventually learned about that too. They saw they they knew that there were quarters where Isaiah wouldn't be able to score or wouldn't be able to pass because of the deals he made with his dad. And he said that that kind of helped me develop uh, into a good passer over the years. Uh, now, I think I think Ty doesn't have the same deal with him. Uh, you know, Ty did joke. I, I think you were there. Ty did joke about having to. His yes. uncle made him score left-handed layups only in the first quarter. And then he's like, I got to the NBA and I still had no left hand. So it was all for nothing. That was <laughs> and we all died of laughter as he that said it. That was hilarious, too. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's yeah, I could only, uh, I, I could only I, score with my left hand for a quarter, and then I got to the NBA, had no left hand. Yeah, that was that was amazing. Um, but yeah, Isaiah just he's a really good passer. I think he's he talked about how much Jokic taught him about and about just looking at the defender. I think that's what he said. He said, not looking at the offensive player, but looking at the guy defending your teammate on offense. Um, and, and if he's not looking at you, if he's not looking at the ball. He's got no idea what he's not going to beat you to the ball. Essentially, he's not going to beat your pass uh, and, and create a deflection and get a steal. And he said that he learned a lot of that from Jokic. And um, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe the Clippers got their own mini Jokic. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. But but there are there are there are tendencies in their passing, especially in the backdoor cuts that some of the teammates make that he's finding. That I, I again, I, you don't want to compare him to Jokic, but you can say they're a bit Jokic-like in in the way he's finding his teammates. I will say that. What's interesting is he's still only 23. So is this the part where we tweet out, he's only 23. Oh, yeah, like we did with uh, Tatum, everyone did with Jason Tatum. He's only yeah. 19. <laughs> like you know, I feel like Tatum's been 19 for like five years now. Yeah, it's the same thing where like Anthony Randolph was forever 22. <laughs> yeah, that guy's never aged. <laughs> yeah. Um, but honestly, shout out to Isaiah Hartenstein. He worked very hard. Whenever we were in there, he was always in, always in the weight room working out with Zoo. He was always on the court, you know, draining threes. I remember you and I were watching him shoot threes one day. We're just like, okay, draining them, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. So it's like, all right, he clearly works very hard. He has a high level of reading the game, um, and at the end of the day, he's our third center. 
And I think they could do a lot worse for a third center than him. You know, so if Serge has the back issue, you know, flare up every now and then, might be a chance that Hartenstein, you know, actually becomes the second center for a while. You know, he he will be the second center to start the season. Serge is not going to start the season. I've heard from people that you might see Serge uh, November 7th, I think, was the date that I, I believe someone told me oh, possibly on Serge. Oh, Justin dropping little tidbits here? Okay, don't, don't, don't. I I just Everyone's know that was one of the... I'm tweeting that right now. Hold on. Oh, my God. I did hear November 7th was a possible day for Serge. Uh, maybe he comes back a lot sooner because he is doing full five on fives right now. Which Although, I believe is ahead of schedule, by the way. I, I don't think they've been trying to work him into this this quickly. Um, I remember last week when I talked to him, he said that he's not going to be ready for opening night. Um, and it seemed like he was a ways away from playing five on five. And all of a sudden he's doing five on five at open practice during the close scrimmages they're having at practice. So, uh, yeah, he's, he might not be that far along. I'll say that. Well, we went to we went to practice one day, and he was doing three on threes, and that was the first day he was yeah. doing three on threes. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, he was already at five on fives, and we're like, uh, all right, that's a little weird. And then Ty told us that Serge asked him during one of the sessions, like, I can play five on fives, let me play. And that's how it started. So we will see how much he needs to be reined in health-wise to begin the year, because we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hartenstein... I'm thrilled this guy looks good and that's all you can ask for. Um, and before people start asking, Zoo is still the starter. Let's not do anything crazy, okay? Oh, we I don't think Zoo's starting list. anymore. It's Hartenstein all over? It's, it's, it's Hartenstein, man. It's, we're, we're fully riding the Hartenstein train, man. So you didn't go to the game in Ontario and you totally missed out on like a monster sequence where, where Isaiah got two blocks on one play right in front of us. Well, you should feel shame why you were there, I guess. Yeah, I didn't get on a video, though. That's the problem. You didn't get yeah. it on video? No, I didn't even get the key on alley-oop on video or his oh, block, which was what are, insane. What are, what are you doing there, bro? What are you doing? What are you I don't doing? Know. I'm just place? I'm talking to people. No, you okay? want to talk. OK, well, I, want, I go talking. to talk. If you see me at games, I'm talking to people. I talk That's on true. here. I talk to people. I talk, you know? Yeah, you do. By the way. You didn't go to the open practice on Sunday. Yeah, you mentioned that already. Were you trying to, yeah. trying to get me in trouble or something? What was going on here? Very disappointed in you. Uh, I told you, Lamar Jackson was over here beating on the Chargers. I was trying to watch that. And then I had yeah, some other no one cares. personal stuff. You should have been at well. open practice doing your J-O-B. Oh, wow. Shots. Shots have been fired. Okay. Instead, I had to pick up the slack for you as you text me questions. And you did a fa- – I text you like one thing. You text me like three. I'm pulling it up right now. I'm pulling it up right now, too. Anyways, you should have been there because you missed out on some fun. How is media with the rest? Okay, if you're counting those as separate questions, just fuck off. Excuse my language. <laughs> this man got caught in a lie and did not appreciate just, just, it. Anyway. Just get out of here. You counted those as it's like 1A, 1B, 1C. You counted those as three separate questions. Get so, out of here. Oh, so those are just follow-ups is what you're Bro, saying? You tell me those aren't follow-ups? I asked okay. you who was there, who wasn't there. That's a follow-up. <laughs> guy. Um, but for those who might be listening to this and were at open practice, you got treated to some fun. Um, the biggest takeaway from open practice, Reggie Jackson, ultimate fan favorite. And I tweeted about it earlier today, but, um, I was going to do a full article on it, but I decided not to, cause 
I'm lazy. Those who know me know I'm lazy. Uh, I don't think anyone could have actually predicted the turn from the, the, like the turn that the fans had on Reggie over the last 10 months and even the last six months or so, because he went from why is he on the team to this is the most fun and overdue on the team in like record time. Yeah, it happened very quickly. It happened very quickly. He um, he's a cult. He's a cult figure. I mean, <laughs> what, can, what I I don't I don't know what's left to be said about about Reggie that hasn't already been said. I mean, he's just been he had one of the greatest career changes turns that we've ever seen from a guy who was really inefficient, signed a minimum deal mid season. Uh, really because just because he was PG's friend and they needed some point guard depth. Um, last year, Pat Bev gets injured and he steps in and he has a couple of good games. You're like, oh, okay. Well, you know, Reggie's been decent while Pat's been out, but we need Pat back. And then, uh, and then, you know, the year goes on, the playoffs happen and, and Reggie's just turning into a, a mini star, essentially. I mean, he averaged 20 points and I think six assists in the playoffs since Kawhi went down. So a small sample size, but he was fantastic. You and I joke like we've run out of ways to describe like what happened, but I mean it's it's seriously just <laughs> it's, it's the truth. It's mind-boggling. Like like he averaged 21 points and 4 assists and a steal and a half, mind you, in the 8 games in the postseason once Kawhi went down. He played almost 38 minutes a game, shot 48 48.5% from the field and 37% from 3 after that. The man was insane. He he had a streak, I believe, of like nine straight games where he made at least three threes. And if you go through and look at the 19 postseason games that he played, he made three at least three three pointers in 15 of them. Like, come on. Yeah, I think he was he was on he was about to break a Steph Curry record. I think is what it was. He was going to tie Steph. Steph. Yeah, he was going to tie games in a row with at least three threes made. That's what it was, right? Yeah, and like he at the with the nine he was tied with Harden. And if he got like another one, he would have been tired with like one of the Steph years. And then if he got to 11, it was like the all time record with Steph. Yeah. Which is absurd, man. Yeah. Reggie is, uh, Reggie's been fantastic. He's going to be big this year. But when you see him out there at the open practice and he's, he's let his hair out, he's dancing all the time. He's responding to fans who are, who are shouting fun things at him. One fan, as Miriam tweeted out, a fan behind us screamed out Reggie for president. And as Reggie's getting back on defense, points to the fan and blurts out, I appreciate it. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Like, he's dancing. He's having a He's holding the gooseneck on the follow through on threes for an extraordinarily long time. A time so long, Miriam was able to get out her phone and take a picture of him. Okay. Oh wow, that was delayed, huh? Yeah. So he's he's throwing down dunks in pre in the pregame layup line. He's throwing down alley oops off the backboard from Marcus Morris Senior, who tosses it off the backboard and Reggie slams it. Like he, on the, I, I shit you not, Tomer. The last shot that he takes, he's standing there as PG's dribbling out the clock towards the end of the little the scrimmage, and he takes his goggles lifts him up and puts him on top of his hair on his head and is talking to PG. They bring the double team to PG. Isaiah cuts up to the nail 
PG hits Isaiah. Isaiah hits Reggie. Reggie drains the three without his goggles on and starts dancing up the floor and then does a dance with PG, Isaiah, and himself. This man is an icon. He gave his shoes away to, to, to a kid at the open practice. People were chanting his name. Like, I think he might have gotten bigger ovations than PG and Kawhi. Like, it's absurd, man. Practice? Yes. Like, everything he did, people couldn't take their eyes off of him. <laughs> and by the way, do you want to know how his night started? We're in the scrum with Ty. Reggie comes walking out holding a fruit platter thing, like a, like a little uh, like a sliced up fruit in a container. Okay. He reaches it over our heads and goes, Ty, you want some? While he's talking to us. And then Ty goes, I'm good, Reggie. And Reggie starts laughing and walks away. Like, he's just a good dude, man. Yeah, I, I mean... All these are just – this is just like a few examples of what we've seen. Like I think even in person when we had a chance to last year, he was cool. Um, I think the, the, the week he signed, we got to talk to him a bit uh, two years ago, and he was, you know, talking about Mortal Kombat and, and just uh, – he was just keeping it very light, just very good guy who cared. So, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it made all sense in the world for the Clippers to secure him. Um, they've been trying to build good personalities on top of good basketball players. So, and and that's that's exactly what Reggie is. I like, I find it hard to believe he was ever going to leave, unless some team was like, "Here's twenty million a year," you know. Uh, it's tough because not every situation is the same. You you think one is fine? Like I remember Austin Austin Rivers signed with the Knicks, thinking he was going to. I think he signed a three year deal with the Knicks, and um, I think within. Three months he was out of the rotation. And they cut him once they got Derrick Rose. So he got traded to Memphis. It's just like it's not always better with another team, even though it's, it makes sense financially. It's not always better. You know, if Reggie goes there, they decide to trade him last minute for someone else that may be disgruntled or something. That situation you thought you were in isn't there anymore. So I think uh, I think he was just comfortable. I think he liked where he was at, and I think um, it, it all just made sense for him. It all just kind of fell into place. It was like a, the final piece of a puzzle kind of thing. The other big news uh, from the open practice, Kawhi was there and Kawhi was shooting and Kawhi was making and Kawhi looks like he's fine, but also looks can be deceiving because the man had ACL surgery and he's just out there standing still taking jumpers. So, Well, are you going to tell us when he's coming back too, or are you just going to keep that close to the vest? Shut up. You know me. You know me. The wildest thing, by the way. You know me. The wildest thing, and yeah. I really do mean like think about this from like the the absolute. So when we go to for people who don't know, when we go to practice, we can watch the players work out, and then they close the practice. Like we can't actually watch them practice. So, like there's stuff happening behind closed doors. And one of the things I thought of yesterday was while watching Kawhi Street was, what if the son of a bitch is shooting? Like actually played with them. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't I, think he is. No, okay, I have a I, I, that, that he's doing way more than than than, than they've led on to what him doing. I'll just say that. Same. I I have I've I I think he's been doing more, yeah, and they just won't tell saying, us. And that's why they close the blind every time. <laughs> yeah, I would it shock you? No, not at all. I think it's happening. It's I, very I totally interesting. Do. Like and it's even very, but again, light shooting doesn't really mean anything when you're. You no, know, it's still it's still a long ways away, but it is interesting. It is uh, it is interesting. 
it's interesting from the perspective of like, he's out in public, by the way, you and I texted about this earlier. He's out in public a lot more this off season than I've ever seen him in his career. Uh, well, that's what happens when you're happy and comfortable. Half of and when you're in, in LA too. And not in freezing uh, Toronto the entire time. Could this you imagine? not meant to be a shot at Toronto, by the way. I've never been there. It sounds like a cool place. So, I would love to visit Toronto. But by the way, could you imagine Kawhi last year in Tampa? <laughs> were there even fans allowed in that arena? Yeah, fans were allowed. Who were there any Raptors fans living in Tampa? I don't know. Or are they all just Bucks fans who just came over because it's the off season? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. You ask. You're asking me about the demographics of fans, like fanhood in Tampa. How the hell am I gonna know? Well, I figured since you were a big Tom Brady guy, you know. I am not a Tom. Shut your mouth. Don't You're do that. Giant, the giant is Tom Brady fan ahead of, of, of Ben Roethlisberger. So. Oh, what are you doing to me? <laughs> Anyways, um, it would not shock me to find out Kawhi is doing more in practice, but without actually seeing it, we can't say anything. We have feelings, but, you know, who knows? Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else from open practice that was rather interesting since you didn't go and I have to do our jobs by myself. <laughs> you asked me to do this pod with you. <laughs> now, yeah, now I'm just now I'm just roasting you for the endlessly. Uh, um, you missed a nice nacho bar. Really? Yeah, you missed nachos and quesadillas. Oh, they 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 were just free to have. Well, for the media, yeah, like it was in the it was in the little buffet room, the dining room. That would have been nice. No one took photos of that. Why? So you can like drool on your phone? Yes. Okay, no, I'm not doing that job for you too. Why not? Um, trying to think if there was anything rather interesting. Not really. Uh, the players talk a lot more than you would think. They're constantly, uh, they're co- they're constantly talking on the floor. So we got to sit down at the scorers table, and when you sit that close, you pick up more things than you would a little bit further away. And they just they're constantly talking, constantly talking and not like trash talk or anything. It's like calling things out and where people need to be and stuff like that. It's just, it's rather fascinating. The other big news from yesterday was that Isaiah Hartenstein was traded twice during the game. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. He started out on team gray, got traded to team black and then went back to team gray. So I joked with Miriam instead of a 10 day contract, it was a 10 minute one. You didn't laugh. So obviously it wasn't funny. Was it actually 10 minutes? Yeah, yeah. He, well, the quarters were 10 minutes with a running clock, so he played 10 minutes on each side. <laughs> Good one, Sh- See, now you're just giving me the courtesy <laughs> laugh. I don't need that. That's, that's like more disrespectful than like if you just didn't laugh, you know? So you'd rather me just not laugh? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I had conversations with several people. Everybody's nice, so I can't tell anybody about what the combos were, obviously, but yeah. Oh, look at you. A little Tobias Harris over here. Keeping it close to the vest. That's right, baby. You can't reveal things. Did you, you see what Tobias said? Did you see that video? No. They asked him about Ben Simmons. He's like, I had a conversation with him. And he goes, what was that conversation about? And Tobias just gave him this face like, man, I'm not going to tell you what we had what we had a conversation about. He's like, did you ask him why he came back? He's like, no, I didn't ask him why he came back. <laughs> I love Tobias. Tobias is one of the coolest people to ever interact with. He's He's, he's super cool. Is like, like NBA nice guy rankings right towards the top of the list. Boban's number one. Boban is for sure number one. But you see why he and why 
Tobias and Boban get along her though, because they're both like super nice guys. Mm-hmm. So uh <laughs> while we're here, might as well rope you into previewing the two games for this week. You ready? Sure. Go for it. Golden State on Thursday in San Francisco, Clipper season opener. It'll be the second game of the season for Golden State. They open up tomorrow uh, at Staples Center against the Lakers. So let me ask you, no Clay Thompson, most likely no Serge Ibaka, definitely no Kawhi Leonard, or is he playing? No, I'm just kidding. Kawhi's not playing. Um, <laughs> could you imagine, though? Uh, so no Serge, most likely no Serge, no Kawhi, no Clay. Clippers first game of the year, Golden State's second. What do you think? Do the Clippers go up there and beat them? Start 1-0? What do you think? Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. You think so? I mean, unless Jordan Poole uh, continues to score 30 points a game. Okay. Uh, That man, like, preseason-wise, whatever Reggie did in the postseason, this was, like, Jordan Jordan Poole did that on, like, steroids. Yeah, yeah, it was more. It was, like, on steroids. Yeah, I think Poole... um, he had like the highest wins above replacement for preseason, which I know sounds stupid, but it, it's wild though. I mean, in the preseason alone, Jordan Poole averaged 22 points on 50% shooting <laughs> and, 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 and made three threes a game. Uh, yeah, he, he was, he was impressive. He was, he was good. I don't know if you can keep that up, but I think, I think he's uh, I think they've been high on him for a while. So it'd be interesting to see if he can finally, you know, take take some steps forward um, this year w- with more attention on guys like Wiggins, Steph, Dre, Clay when he comes back. So um, Clay's yeah, out. Clay's yes, out. James say- James Wiseman's out. For sure. And Kuminga's out. Yes. Yeah. Then I I, I think the, the Clippers should win that game. Um, I just I just don't think. I don't think that the Warriors have anyone to match up with PG, first of all. Um, then again, I mean, can Bledsoe really match up with, with Steph? Tough to say. I, I don't think so either. But um, I think the Clippers, the way they play, will just be a tough team for Golden State to beat. The starting center for Golden State on opening night is 99.9% going to be Kavon Looney. Um, I give the Clippers the edge there with Zoo. Um, but Looney's good. I actually like Looney. Um, from there, Draymond's playing Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, Steph Curry. That's the rest of their starting lineup, most likely on opening Jordan night. Jordan Poole's starting. Yes. Interesting. Otto Porter Jr., Andre Iguodala. Those are their main two guys off the bench. And then Damian Lee. It's going to be like the Clippers have more depth. And a lot of that is because of injuries to some of the Warriors guys, obviously. But the Clippers are also injured and they're still going to have more depth. Now, does more depth mean anything on opening night? Hard to say. I mean, probably not. Yeah, but I would say I would say so because because I think most teams are out of shape at this point of the season. That's a good point. So that you actually could use some guys point. to rotate in quicker. I mean, you Ty said that a lot of the guys look look like they're not not out of shape, but they're not in the in the proper you know midseason game shape that a lot of guys usually are in. So uh, it, it'll take time to work in. So I think there that's where kind of having guys you can throw in um, will help. Uh, the Clippers projected starting lineup on opening night. Jackson, Bledsoe, George, Morris, Zubots. That's what Ty's been saying for a while. There's no s- surprises there. Marcus played at the open practice. 
You know, obviously he didn't play any of the preseason games, but he looked good in the open practice. You can tell he's still trying to get his legs under him. He's still trying to get his wind, as everybody is. Um, You mentioned this earlier, and this is honestly the thing that, like, makes me very hopeful about this Clippers season. Ty talked, and like I said, you mentioned this earlier, Ty talked about, um, what's the word? Almost said shuffling. That's not the word. Staggering. There we go. Uh, Yes, because he wants Bledsoe to play with the second unit a little bit. And that's what I think is something that they kind of lacked last year. Even when they had everybody like available, they didn't have that downhill presence on the second unit, like as a ball handler. And if you put Bledsoe alongside Luke, alongside Terrence and alongside Batum, and you know, sometimes who knows, like, like sometimes you might end up playing Winslow there. So like you have a true five out small ball, you know, lineup and against golden state, that makes a lot of sense. Cause golden state's backup center is who Tomer Draymond. Yeah. Draymond. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think, I think, I really think the Jason Preston injury kind of, kind of made them reevaluate the way they were supposed to. Like, I don't think Jason Preston was going to get a lot of like heavy, heavy minutes. But I do think they really wanted to use, um, given how early Ty already decided on using, I think he he told us he decided on the Reggie Eric starters um, early, early in camp. I want to say day one of camp. And so I, I think that that was before everyone knew the true nature of Preston's injury. Like no one knew that he was going to be out for an extended period of time. I think they had a feeling he could be, but it wasn't done yet. So I think they kind of hoped that, while they could stagger Reggie and, and, and Eric, they would also have Preston able to run some point minutes in between when both those guys needed rest. So when he got injured, it kind of just threw their entire plan down the wrench. And uh, Ty mentioned Justice learning the point guard position a bit more. Um, he mentioned Terrence running it a bit more. He mentioned uh, PG even doing it with the second unit. So I think that uh, the Preston injury really kind of messed with them. So um, they're definitely going to want a point guard or, or, or a playmaker type player at, at, at all times on the court. So it's whether that's Reggie, Eric, uh, I guess you could throw Terrence into that mix, couldn't you? Yes. Yeah. So Reggie, Terrence, Eric, um, PG, I would say all those guys, justice, even, um, the more he learns that position, I think the Clippers will just continue to shuffle guys in and out of the lineup, uh, and not really overworking. I think that's the biggest thing we'll see is, is guys not getting overworked. Um, Especially as ball handlers, because that's draining. I mean, you saw it in the playoffs. Like, I, I Ty, Ty said multiple times he was playing Rondo. Well, he told me this. He, he, he said he played Rondo just because they couldn't have Reggie and PG bring the ball up for 48 minutes. It was just exhausting and taxing on them. Um, yeah, I don't, think people understand how, I, I don't think people understand how draining dribbling really is. Dribbling, you know, whether it's off a made basket or in transition. And, and, and being the creator and, and the sort of initiator for an offensive possession over and over and over and over and over again in what's been a high-paced, uh, higher-paced NBA of late. So um, I think Ty really just wanted – the team, the, the organization really just wanted more guys uh, aside, beside PG and, and Reggie. So Eric will do that. Justice will do that. Terrence will do that. Um, I think Preston would have done that. Um but now they, they kind of got to go with what they have. So It's funny because out of the three rookies, I think Preston was going to be the one who played the most up until his injury. 
yeah, that made that makes sense. I think um, I think given the depth they had at pretty much every other position, um, and, and the need for, like I said, a, a guy to take a, a few minutes off of Reggie and Eric, uh, I, I think Re- Jason kind of had the the um, the opportunity. And I think you mentioned it in talking to Lawrence. I mean, I don't know if how much you want to mention from that, but I think you said that you know Lawrence was very very impressed impressed by by Preston. If you can divulge a little bit of that without going too far. But I think Lawrence was pretty, pretty high on, on Jason Preston. Yeah. Lawrence was pretty high on him. Everybody was, everybody raved about him, how fast he learned. Like we've seen Ty talk about it to us at practice where he raves about how quickly Jason Preston picks up things, you know, offensively, defensively, even when he's rehabbing from his injury on the side of the floor, like he's, he's picking things up. Like his mind apparently you know, is very good for basketball. So whenever he gets healthy with the injury that he has, you know, maybe, maybe a couple months, who knows? Um, we'll see what he has to offer. But for now on opening night against golden state, I kind of think the Clippers are going to go with an 11 person rotation. I think it's going to be Reggie Bledsoe, George Morris, Zubats, obviously starting five. And then like Terrence, Batum, Kennard, Winslow, Hartenstein and then like maybe one of the rookies just for a little bit. I I, I can't see the rookie. I mean I, I don't maybe see Amir? maybe opening night I would say yeah you'd probably just Amir more. Um I do think they're pretty high on 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 Brandon, Brandon. but yeah. I would say that Keon is just Keon feels like a project for them. He really just feels like a guy they're gonna try to work on and mold this year. Um, I could see Keon getting thrown in like final 10 seconds of a quarter for a stop. Yeah, but I can't, I can't see, I just don't see him being a big part of the rotation this year, barring injury. I really think that, uh, Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with you on that. I don't, like I'm just saying like rookies, if they were healthy, I would say that it's, it's probably Preston Boston and then Keon Johnson. Yeah. So their next game after that, their home opener is October 23rd, which is a Saturday. They play the Memphis Grizzlies. So those are, those are their two games this week. I need you to tell me, do they start? The, you, you, you said they beat Golden State. Do they beat Memphis and start 2-0? Memphis is like a kryptonite for the Clippers, so I don't know, man. Memphis and the Pelicans, for whatever reason, just, just always struggle against those teams. Although, I will tell you, last year, at home against Memphis, down like eight players, they still beat them and came back. Remember that? Was that early in the season? No, that was like after the All-Star break or something. Were like they they were without eight guys, and then Memphis got out to that really big lead. It was the second night of a back to back, and Memphis blows that lead, and the Clippers beat them by like twelve or fifteen or something. Yeah, I think I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't yeah, think you I, went I to that know. game because you thought they were going to no, get hammered. Or something. I, I no, I haven't missed a single game. I think you're lying to me. I haven't missed a single game outside of COVID. I would say. I forgot. All right, this was COVID. April twenty first. April twenty first. Oh, so they, they they had the vaccination requirement at that time, and so I did. I wasn't fully vaxxed at the time. I was still waiting on my second shot, so I couldn't uh, attend. That's right. Post- Clippers beat them by twelve. They came back from. Um, they were down by like a lot in the first quarter. I remember yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I think. I think. Memphis, I think sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I'll just give you a caveat for the for the Grizzlies Clippers game. Uh, Dylan Brooks will be out for that game. Um. Apparently reevaluated in two to three weeks. This is as of October 12th, so a week ago. 
Um, he fractured his left hand. They're going to see how much more time he needs to Ouch. heal. So, you know, it's going to be John Morant, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., who just got a massive extension. Congratulations to him. And Steven Adams. Nope. Remember, no more Jonas Valanciunas there. Steven Adams is now the center. Starting a shooting guard, I don't know. It's going to either be DeAnthony Melton or Kyle Anderson or something, I think. Kyle so, Anderson, yeah. I think, is the is, is the guy. Who's your backup point Well, guard? here's the Melton, thing, though. I think it might be Melton who starts because you want Anderson to be the main ball handler when, when Jaw sits. I mean, why wouldn't you want Melton to be that guy? Melton's shown that he's capable of it, too. Melton's shown he's capable, but I kind of trust Anderson more as a ball handler and a passer. Okay, let me, let me, let me find Melton's Twitter and let him know that. Oh, that's okay. Kyle Anderson already hates me anyway, so the fact yeah, I said something Melton. good about him is kind of staggering. Hey, buddy. <laughs> I can actually hear you typing this. Not <laughs> oh my god. Anyways. So so answer me. Answer me as you type away and smear my good name. It's not actually good, but you know what I mean. Um do the Clippers start two and zero? Oh? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think they I like have an optimistic Tomer on here, because negative Tomer would have made me sad. Uh, when am I pessimistic? I'm not I don't think I'm pessimistic that often. No, just... but you balance me out. I just think I'm more I'm more of a realist. I just accept things. I'm a realist too. But did you think they were going to go on two? No, I thought they'd go one on one. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, I, I think I think they'll start out two and two and two. I think they'll I think they'll beat the they'll beat the Warriors. I think they'll beat the Grizzlies. Um, I just think that this team early on is going to. It's going to show a bit of its versatility. Maybe, maybe the shooting won't be there, but I think they'll show the versatility. I'm just curious to see how they bring along Marcus because uh, yesterday's open practice or whatever that was, Sunday, uh, that was the first time we heard that Marcus was hurt, quote-unquote, via tie. Okay, I think you took that the wrong way. I mean, the thing is, every, everyone's healthy, everyone's participating. I asked Marcus, he's like, nobody's ever, nobody's ever 100%. I asked him this in San Diego, and I sat like right in front of him. I said, are you 100% this year? Like, nobody's ever 100%. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I'm like, well, are you good now? He's like, if we were 100%, if I was 100%, we would have gotten to the finals. So, like, I just, I don't know. It's just, I'm adding one-on-one. I'm just like, is this guy, like, obviously he has the, the I think it's like a, a chronic tendonitis kind of thing or whatever you call that. I think it's tendonitis in his knee. He has tendinopathy, which is tendonitis. He has tendinopathy in his knees. Okay. So like, I guess that just never goes away. Um, no, but, it's just a lot. It's just a lot of like managing. Well, the, 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 the hearing that it's impacting him already and that they have to bring him along slower than usual. I, that just brings some concerns to me because if Marcus isn't healthy, I, I do think that clip that sets the Clippers back some. My thought of it is, I think he's fine. I just think they didn't want to use up some of him in preseason and run the risk of like the tendonitis rearing its head to start the year. Cause he's probably going to be their second or third leading scorer. And you don't want that guy going down early in a season when you can't afford many guys being out. I think it was a hundred percent precautionary to be honest with you. Okay. I mean that's fair. You you honestly might be right. I just I just thought it was strange that. Um... I mean, see, here's the thing. The word hurt 
there's degrees to that, like varying degrees to what hurt is. But after it could hearing just be... all all preseason that he's fine and healthy, to just randomly have the word hurt thrown out there once, it's a little strange. I just I'm not trying to be like big brained about it. It's just strange. That's all I'm saying. No, I, I I understand. I'm just saying like I took it to mean sore, rather than like full on hurt. That's, now, that's fair. now, if he's not ready opening night, I'm ready to sit here and say you were right. Well, I mean, Ty said with 100% certainty that he was going to be ready, I believe. so. I don't know. It could, things can change. They can saw his leg off. You never know. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, you saw, the movie. movies, there, buddy. Movie? <laughs> you saw the movie. Saw? <laughs> you saw know. the movie? Saw? I've never seen Saw. Why the hell would I watch that movie? What? No, I don't watch that crap. You got to watch the first one. The first horror, one is iconic. Horror films, gore films are just the biggest waste of oh, time. Oh, no. See, okay. I hate horror films. Just watch the first Saw. You don't need to They're see any of the others. all a waste of time. I would rather watch a comedy, a an action movie. I just get nothing. I just get nothing from it, dude. I don't get anything from it. Okay, so you think they're going 2-0? Oh. I'll say 1-1. One one. We're going to end this with some fun talk, okay? That wasn't fun? Me trashing horror films? No, that wasn't fun. <laughs> Earlier today, I tweeted out that Adele's version of Skyfall is by far like an elite tier song. Absolutely. And I saw your response. Um, that movie, so I'm, I'm going through my James Bond rewatch for Daniel Craig movies before I go see the new one. Mm-hmm. Um, if Have you seen all four of them? I actually just rewatched them uh, in the last two weeks. I just finished uh, Skyfall... Uh, what was what was after that? Spectre. Spectre. And, was it Spectre and that's it? And then No Time to Die, right? That, yeah, that's it. And then the, the new one. Um, real quick, where did you watch Spectre? Uh, at home. No, but I mean, like, did like did you stream it from somewhere for like? Oh, like on so so I I still I'm, I'm still one of the old guys. I kind of pay for cable, so I have uh, I have uh, FX, and it was airing on. Oh, FX. it was on FX. Yeah, it was okay. on FX. But also, if you have. I think like I went to fx.com or like watch Spectre and it opened fx.com and it literally just opened up the, the thing for me, the movie for me. I didn't have to do anything else. I didn't have to log in or do anything. That might be because I'm already li- logged into my home network and they know. But um, what's funny is I, I, I recorded it on, on, on FX. Uh, the movie's about two hours and 30 minutes. So I recorded it for three, three and a half hours just in case, just in case something is, is delaying it or whatever. And with about 20 minutes left in the movie, the recording just ends. It's I have a lot of time left. It just ended. And I'm like, what the hell is this? What is going on? So I ended up having to go That's online weird. and watch it later. It was very weird. But I finished it. It was really good. Um, but yes, yeah, Skyfall. Skyfall. I, I, the thing is, I, I've struggled to find Bond movie songs that go well. And Sam Smith's um, is pretty good. But Adele's is just... Um, I just feel like there's, there's levels to this, and 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 Adele's is just way higher. Yeah, that Adele version, iconic, absolutely iconic. I'm trying to think of like some of the other songs that Bond has had. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to think. Billie of Billie like... Eilish sings this one. No time to die. Ooh, this might be a I, might be a new I one know here. Alicia Keys did one, and that was a good one. Another way to die. Yeah. I thought that I th- if I remember that that song, oh no, that was from Quantum of Solace. No, that song sucked. <laughs> Tina Turner did one. 
Cheryl Crow did. Cheryl Crow did. Tomorrow never dies. That's a good one. The Pierce Brosnan ones are pretty good. I think the Pierce Bros. Yeah, the 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 Pierce Brosnan ones are like really, really good. Um, when are you gonna go see the new one? Yo, this website ranks Sam Smith's song twenty fifth out of twenty five. Sam Smith wasn't that bad. Are you on the Rolling Stone one? No, Insider.com. Ranking yeah, Sam Smith sang sang uh, Spectre's theme song. It ranked at twenty five. Like the movie itself, Sam Smith's song is too slow paced for the new. Get the f- out of my life right now. Get okay, out of here. See, now I'm mad. Now I'm now I'm actually. Duran Duran did a Bond song. I Adele never would have known that. that. A View to Kill, Duran Duran is the number one song here. Who is that? Roger Moore? Yeah. Is the Adele only Bond song to go number list. one at the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. The Duran Duran song. That's actually crazy. Anyways, we might have to link up and go watch the Bond movie together. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I, I haven't I decided haven't when either. I want to see it yet. Um, mostly because I don't think I can spend three hours in a theater without a break. Uh, without having to go to the bathroom okay. while eating as well. I'm so glad you brought this up. I don't know if it's like the... I think the older I've gotten, I've like... It's been unable for me. I, I've been really unable to sit in a theater for that long without doing something, like checking my phone or something. Yes, folks, I'm one of those people. I'm sorry, okay? I get news that breaks and I have to look at it on my phone. Sue me. Um, look at you. I know. Getting, getting I don't know sur- if I can sit getting, there for three sur- hours. Getting Dubaka's return date in the middle of No Time to Die, so you got to let everyone know? <laughs> I can't. I can't. I don't know if I can sit there for three hours, man. Um, yeah, this, I mean, get this: Billie Eilish's song on "No Time to Die" won a Grammy before the movie came out. Oh wow, that's crazy! I might have to go watch this. I might go Wednesday. I might go Wednesday. I'm going to finish up my Bond rewatch, and I might go Wednesday. I'm I'm in the middle of Skyfall, which to me is the best of the Daniel Craig Bond movies. Skyfall was pretty, uh, Skyfall, I think, well, Spectre was a little slower paced. I don't think it was that bad. Uh, Skyfall, though, was, was, was really good. I actually enjoyed, my favorite chase, though, was probably the Casino Royale chase across the cranes and all that. Yes. That was just incredible film work. Yes. Just top to bottom. It was just, it was just fantastic. How they started grounded, they slowly climbed their way up. It was just really good work. So I finished Quantum of Solace today. I did not realize that movie was only an hour and 45 minutes. Only an hour and 45 I mean, for a Bond movie, though, that's kind of short. I'm trying to remember, is that where he ends up... Um, this is a spoiler alert, so mute yourself for the next few seconds. Oh, oh my is God, that... the movie's 10 years... The movie's like 12 years old, okay? So if people haven't that's seen true. it by now... Is that where he, he ends up killing the boyfriend at the end of the movie? The ex, the boyfriend yes. of, of his... Uh, what's yes, his, yes, v, yes. V something? Okay. Vesper? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he, he kills he kills the husband or boyfriend or whatever the hell he was. Oh, that's the one where they go into the desert, and he ends up uh, killing that guy, right? Yeah, he tosses him the can of motor oil and tells him he gives him 20 miles before he actually thinks about drinking it. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Which, by the way, is a great line. Like... Bond lines, 
ranked, that's up towards the top because that is such a cold-blooded lie to say to somebody in the middle of the desert, tossing out an oil can and telling them you'll give you give them twenty miles before they even think about drinking it. I mean, what was the line he had about his balls? Remember? Oh, when he was yeah, tortured? The, right. the whole world is gonna know that you died scratching my balls. Yeah, that was pretty. I thought that was pretty good. Um, yeah, Matt Mickelson was incredible in Casino Royale, by the way. Who? Mads Mickelson. He plays the chief. Mads The Mickelson. bad guy in Casino Royale. Oh, I can say this guy's Jaws. Oh. No. Doesn't he doesn't he play Jaws from Bond? No. That's sorry, sorry. Oh in, in no no no, I'm sorry. In in the video game. Okay, I should I should clarify. Have you ever played um what's the video game? Uh, Everything or Nothing, I think? I haven't played game? a Bond video he, game. So that guy plays Jaws in that, that game. And so that, that was the first Bond game that I played, actually. I'll, I'll send it to so, you. Something or nothing? Every, everything or nothing. Everything or nothing, okay. yeah. Here it, here it is. Let's see. Everything or nothing. I don't know who does the voice. Anyways, all right. We've been going on for way too long. People are now hearing about James Bond. They're probably like, what the hell are these two idiots talking about? So anyways, Tomer thinks they're going 2-0. I think 101. I hope Tomer's right. But Clipper season's, you know, it starts. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, which is when this is dropping, season starts in two days. I'm going to do my best to provide more podcasts throughout the year. I know I've been doing the one and a half, two week kind of stints. That's on me. Life has been very stressful as I try to figure things out. I will be giving you two podcasts a week. My goal this year is to give you two podcasts a week. I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to get it done. You have my word. So, Mayor, do you have anything for the good people before we get the hell out of here? Yeah, I was very wrong. I was very wrong about the whole Jaws thing. Just forget I said anything about that crap. So you're just lying. Yeah, you're I know. I just, I just, I had, I had it mixed up with someone else, and my, yeah, I was, just, it was just very bad. So, if you, I would say follow me on Twitter, but I, I don't even know if I'd want to follow myself after that mistake. So, don't follow him. You don't um, need to follow Tomer. Yeah, um, I'll leave it up to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you want to follow Tomer and tell him how shitty his takes are. It's at Tomara Zarley. You could do that on Twitter. Um, everybody, take it easy. Stay safe. Clipper season's upon us. It's going to be a heck of a year. I'm interested to see how the team does. And like I said, two podcasts a week. You guys are getting them from here on out. After opening night, which is Thursday, I'll try to get a podcast up for Friday. And if not for Friday, I will have one available Monday morning next week before they begin uh, their next home game. So they, they go on the road to Golden State to start, then they're home against Memphis. A week a week from today when we're recording this, which is next Monday, the 25th, they're going to be at home, I believe, against the Portland Trailblazers. We will have a podcast up that morning of the game. So everyone, take it easy. Stay safe. We'll see you all another time. Tomer, tell the people you love them. I love you guys. Have a good one. Thanks for having we're me, out. Justin. You're welcome. I always have you, baby. Let's go.